0: CFE research podcast a podcast that aims to showcase the practitioner inquiry scholarship and research being carried out within
1: further education the the, the policies or the the constraints that we experience as teachers uh, we've also, we've almost got to mitigate against those to ensure that the young people's voices are heard and not only just listened to but embedded in in our practice and in what we do
0: Hello and welcome to FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon and my partner in crime is
2: It's Alistair Smith. Hello, Joe. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
2: Not too bad. Thank you very much.
0: What's going on in Smith Towers?
2: Um, well, we've got a new puppy. So if you hear that during the recording, um, my apologies, mm. but she's good fun. She's keeping oh. us all busy.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, there's no fluffy puppies here. Uh, I'm still at work, but hey, we have a fantastic guest with us on the podcast today or tonight or I don't know when people listen. That doesn't make sense if I say that, does it? Um, anyway, let me tell you about her. It's Chantelle Brown. She's a um, a specialist in SEND. She is a lecturer at Sandwell College and she is a transformative teaching and learning scholar, or TTLS for short. And that is a a kind of a research. Mm, i don't know what education research project supports teacher researchers um and it's a project between edge hill and birmingham city university so hello chantelle how are you i both oh great to be here quite excited actually oh good 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 well look we'll get we'll get stuck um straight in just tell us a bit about yourself then and uh, your role
1: so, uh, been a lecturer at Sandwell College. Oh, I think nearly fifteen years now, and that's my entire teaching career. I've been in the same institution, um, working with SEND young people for that entire time. Um, I've kind of dabbled a bit in education beforehand in other roles, but always working around special educational needs, uh, young people who haven't quite had a great success previously in history, um, you know, through their educational history, um, and that's where I am today. Uh, still supporting young people that come under that SEND banner. Um, So that's very, 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 very broad. And my everyday teaching career is so, um, you know, the day in the life of a SEND teacher. um, Yeah. It's very, very varied, which I think is probably one of the reasons why I've been here for so long. Yeah. So
0: um, uh, a little while ago then, you decided to um, become a kind of teacher researcher and start, you know, researching with... um, well, what we were calling TTLS. You could tell us about that. Then. So who are, what is TTLS? How did you get involved and what are you up to?
1: So I think it was really through my MA study. Um, how can you find a passion for government policy through, <laughs> in your spare time? And that's really what happened um, through my MA study, which was in professional practice and lifelong education, bit of a long-winded title. But really... Um, kind of became, um, had a real interest for policy and how that reflects in the classroom, especially from a SEND perspective. Um, really enjoyed completing my, again, do we ever get any, joke? writing 40,000 words in your spare time? I enjoyed it. Yes, I did. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was put onto the opportunity from some of my lecturers back at Wolverhampton University that this was a project that I might want to get involved in. And it was at the time when I was either considering doing uh, advanced teacher learning and skills and kind of giving the heads up on this may, as maybe a better route for me. Um, put a proposal together and kind of said, this is who I am. This is what I've done previously in terms of research. And I'm really, really interested in kind of change making and affecting practice in my own institution, felt it was an area that. I don't know, it wasn't really talked about much. I think there are far more trendier areas to talk about in terms of research than um, entry-level subjects, uh, which is which is my specialism. And um, Went for it, uh, was very lucky. I think I was one of six people nationally that was picked to do the project. And that was just pre-pandemic. So, um, yeah, we had the usual pause that everybody experienced in life and that project kind of paused. Um, but really come to life and it it's still kind of, I'm still kind of trying to hope to exert life into that project through uh, the research that I've done, through the networking that it really allowed. There's, um, we still meet regularly. In fact, I'm supposed to be on that meeting this evening and I've kind of skipped out the TTLS meeting to chat to you guys. But really, it's a, a network of fellow teacher researchers, specialising in, specializing in FA, that are talking about uh, what we do every day, hoping to make some change somewhere, whether that be um, in the classroom, um, at policy making level, or generally just kind of raising the profile of teacher researchers, especially from the further education perspective. So are
0: you, um, are you each leading on a specific project, and is that leading towards um, a kind of doctoral uh, thesis or, or something else?
1: So the aim originally was just really for us to talk about from an expert level of, of what we do um, with the aim of being published um, the journey in between there, I think has led me to so many different places, uh, no least being here. Um, and eventually, I mean, cause some, some people were pre-master's level. I was post-master's level. I think at the time I didn't really feel that, I didn't really feel I was capable of uh, kind of doing a doctorate. Um, I've got the doctorate interview on Friday, actually, we've moved, we've moved on leaps and bounds from them. Um, yeah, it, it was just really opening an avenue for discussion. And um, I've done a little bit of publishing. I've done a few little bits since then and really started to kind of delve into the world of research outside of the kind of writing and paper-based um, format, I think that was really one of the passions that kind of evolved from this project, is being able to be in different circles and network in different ways to, to engage a, a wider audience in terms of research. So that's a benefit uh, researchers in general, but also for my especially my specialism in special educational needs.
0: So is there a piece of research that you're currently working on now, one specific thing?
1: Yeah, so um, it's really, um, I feel like I've had a journey in research and the work that I've done has evolved as has my practice. So at the moment, the the piece of research I'm working on and are kind of coming towards the end of is about defining successful outcomes for young people in SEND. And it's really um, looking at what policy says is success and what, how that actually relates to practice, how that relates to the young people in question. And does it really match up, you know, what do the policy makers, what does government think a successful outcome is uh, young people we've sent? And what do they think? Um, the, the piece of work is about giving a voice to young people that often are unheard, um, not only in settings such as education, but in society as a whole. So their perspective, And my role is kind of um, trying to bring their opinions to the forefront. I think they are often overlooked, partly because their levels of communication may differ or they may engage with the world around them in a different way. So really trying to uh, bridge that gap between their understanding and what they have to say and the world at large.
0: Thank you. Well, I'm um, going to pass over to uh, Alistair for a few questions.
2: sounds like a really interesting project but like how on earth have you gone about doing this like the um kind of the mechanics of it so you know who who are the participants how have you set this about happening
1: well it's cat b research so um a very you know very complicated level of hoops to jump through to kind of get access and and permission to, to voicing the opinions of young people i think my teaching groups over the past three years Of um, been been on a journey with me. Um, It it kind of seeps into my everyday teaching. It seeps into the conversations that we have. They're very much at the heart of everything that I do, um, and they're they're at the heart of this piece of research. Um, It started off, I think, with a couple of focus groups in class, with me just kind of talking to them to get their opinion um, about what they see, as an outcome for themselves and what you know if they were looking at themselves in the future what what kind of success what what does success mean for them um and i think that was a really interesting starting point for myself because it let me kind of start to think about kind of special education needs a way for you know we sometimes get so bogged down with teachers as what the policy says what practice should be in the classroom what people who don't have experience of the young people and when i say the young people i don't mean people in general with special education needs i mean the individuals who they are, what their stories are, what their journeys have been and where they want to go and what they think their capabilities are. I think there are too many people making decisions for young people without thinking, well, what, what actually do they want? So it, it was really starting to kind of embed into my own practice uh, their opinion and that's kind of manifested itself in curriculum design, in the content of our lessons, the way we deliver our, our lessons and that's kind of spread across the board in our department. Um, ensuring that even when um, the, the, the policies or the, the constraints that we experience as teachers, uh, we've also, we've almost got to mitigate against those to ensure that the young people's voices are heard and not only just listened to, but embedded in, in our practice and in what we do. Um, the final piece of um, research focuses um, around an interview that I've managed to get permission to film and publish the contents are for a young person that I've worked with, for, or worked with for three years, I was his personal tutor um, through COVID, which I think has kind of um, given us quite a special connection because we've gone through online learning and, you know, different ways of hybrid teaching and almost the focus on education um, was, was more than secondary. It was third or fourth or fifth down the line when we we're talking about supporting this young person's mental health and well-being through what's... Is difficult what was difficult for all of us but for young people with additional needs was all the more challenging because it broke off the connection with their everyday support network um the journey that the journey that young that young person's gone through um, i hope i've captured a little snippet of in a in a video record i think we've managed to get it down to about five or six minutes of him just talking about where he's been but also i think at the end we we look i was lucky to get an update. Um, so we recorded the video like 12 months ago now, um, and he talks about what his aspirations were, what he wanted to do, where he wanted to go, and the update without giving too much away um, is, is kind of so enlightening enlighten- um, for me. And I've, I've said to him recently that your success, the things that you talk about uh, of what you've identified as your successes in your life and what you've done so far since you've been here and my successes as a teacher – the fact that you can say those things are the things that kind of give me the gold star, not, um, you know, not how many students have passed, not the destinations or where they pass on to, just those kind of individual stories of young people, which is just an example of one.
2: That's really interesting. And, and I know um, I was having a conversation just last week about the value of capturing lived experience, which is, is so embedded in what you've got there. But I'm interested to know about your lived experiences, being a teacher researcher and what you've learned through that process as well. What what do you think has come to you through that being embedded within it?
1: I think it's something you've got to own. Um, and I don't think you could talk about special educational needs from the outside because you wouldn't have the access to the content. Um, you wouldn't feel... You know the, the change that you make because sometimes it's not something that relays very well on paper, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to get through in this piece of research. That if I'm writing about it, how can I tell you how much it means to a young person to be able to develop their independence um, to be able to do things that they weren't able to do previously? Which, in terms of, um, no. Like I said, I said at the start, picking through government policies, is what I like to do. I, I kind of find that quite interesting. So how do, if, if, uh, if we're talking about like government standards of maths and English, so students reaching the, the gold star of level one or uh, level two maths and English to be able to, to be employed in this country. Um, if we're talking then on a face of things where somebody's then able to um, access their own support needs or travel through um, a building independently, be able to tell you what they need that doesn't relate well um, on a written document whether it's a written document that i've produced or somebody who um is kind of writing policy for send nationally that kind of thing doesn't come across so this piece of research coming to life um on video through this talking and also through our experiences as teachers really is supposed to kind of expose some of the real um massive successes but in comparison, when we're talking about qualifications, it might not seem like a lot in real world terms, that's huge because we're talking about young adults that then move off into society, that if they have skills that they can then adapt into their lifestyles, that I mean, they're more likely to kind of function in the world at large. Um, I think my experience as a teacher, teacher researcher gives me the privilege of being able to talk about those things Um you, you can't help but kind of f- feel with them and mm-hmm. all, all you know that journey is is far more emotional than a, kind of a, a vocation it's um you don't do it because of you you know don't do it of your salaried amount or um the perks that you might yeah. you might get to we get perks as teachers I don't um, know. Perks. I'm,
2: i think what's interesting is of course people will be listening to this but while we're recording we could see one another and i saw how passionate and engaged you got when you were talking about capturing the the kind of real life successes as part of that. And I think some of that probably answers this next question, which really is like, well, what impact are you hoping that the work will have? Um, and I I guess that's a big part of it, but are there kind of other areas in there that, that you're hoping your research can kind of impact on? I mean,
1: a little bit of celebration. I think that... Um... When we talk about, it's it's something that me and my students have discussed, and we were talking about a little bit of publicity Mm -hmm. and representations of themselves. So they don't see images that they relate to themselves being represented in society. Um, I think if we're talking about, you know, young people with special needs, um, are they the most um, desirable poster people? For adverts or in society at large, or you know, do do is that what we use? And it's not, it, it's um it's a very different image. And I uh, I really want to kind of shine a light on the their achievements, but also their capabilities. I think they are a untapped in area of potential workforce in this country, their commitment, their their ability to overcome adversity, their resilience, um, their just willingness to do more is unchallenged I've never come across another group cohort of young people that want to do better and I think that through this research it's really trying to um, say hey look at us and, and not only us as young people but us as practitioners I think there can be a lot of snobbery sometimes in the further education sector as who teaches what and how mm-hmm. you know I feel like um, I've wrote a little bit about it and um, done some stuff for FA week about marginalization and kind of thinking about. Um, as FE teachers, are, is there a kind of a hierarchy of whose vocation, whose specialism is more valued? Uh, mm. I think often special educational needs, because we're teaching subjects at the uh, lower end of the scale of qualifications, so we're at um, entry level, some, some even pre-entry, entry level up to level one or level two. Um, may not be as valued or seen as valued in comparison to those teaching HNDs or uh, A-levels. And I really want to kind of um, shine a light on how skilled how professional we are and the work and commitment that goes into teaching special educational needs at this level.
2: I love it. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Now, um, before we run out of time as well, I just want to cover, because you're going to be talking at the Learning Skills Research Network Conference. I know. Um, oh my gosh! Exciting. <laughs> and uh, the, what what's your talk all about at the conference? You know, you're, you're you're in the spotlight there. What's what's your talk for? What's it all about? It,
1: it's really about the story of this young person, and it's kind of trying to um, to share what it's like, what it's like from his perspective, um, and the insight that that he's been. You know, I've been privileged enough to have. On, on the impact um, further education's had for him. So, you know, one of the essences mm. of the TTLS project was about transformative, transformative FE. So how trans- FE uh, makes an impact on somebody's life. So this is my story of, of what happened um, with my experiences of this, with this young person over three years and where it's taken to us Taken us to at the end. Um, how he feels about FE, how he feels... Um, He's overcome challenges that he's had, what he defines as his successes. So when I talk about defining success, um, my research is about, I think, Um, my presentation uh, for the LSRN is definitely about what he
2: thinks. Fantastic. I look forward to listening to that as well. Thank you very much. I'm
1: I'm glad for the opportunity, really.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I was just thinking when you were talking then, but it's interesting you're using video in your study because I know the guys that you work with, well, guys and girls, is it Vicky Duckworth and yes. uh, yeah, Rob Hill, Smith, or, yeah. Rob Smith at BCU. Of, of both of them, of course, um, was it Transformative FE that lives or something transforming? I can't remember what that project was called, but they used
1: video, didn't
0: they, throughout
1: that? Yeah, and I think it's just a really interesting way of engaging with people. I mean, yes, we have to go down the academic route and put together, you know, uh, research interests and methodology, and do all the, the expected stuff as you would, you know, would for um, doctorate or um, master's study. But really, the point is, is to reach a wider audience. Yeah. And I think it's daunting sometimes to sit there and put a research article together and expect someone to sit and read four or five thousand words on your subject when really I just want you to know about what I do.
0: Yes, yes. And of course, people can see you on uh, things like YouTube as well. You've used um, social media, I think, in that way, haven't you, to share?
1: Some of your yeah, uh, you know, Twitter is such hard work. It's like a full-time job in itself. <laughs> um, so yes, I do dabble. um got a bit going on on Twitter. Uh, record previous podcasts, done a little bit for FE Week. So I'm really trying to just get out there in as many different formats as possible just to share what we're doing. Um, It's really exciting for me to have had the privilege to get this um, this video together. It's taken a lot of work um, behind the scenes, um, Mm. making sure we have the relevant permissions and also making sure uh, the young person's happy and and his family were happy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thanks for giving us an, an insight into that. And of course, people can see you at the uh, Learning Schools Research Network Conference and we'll put links to um, some of your work it, uh, with this podcast as well. So thanks for joining us. It's been
1: a blast.
2: You have been listening to the FE Research Podcast, a Sheep Hills Studio production. Thanks for listening and we hope you can join us again soon.